I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The State of Recruiting is brought to you by 24-7 Sports and the Horns 24-7 Network of Podcasts. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on the podcast platform of your choice. We also invite you to listen to the other great shows on the Horns 24-7 Network, including The Flagship with Taylor Estes and Chip Brown and The Longhorn Blitz with Jeff Howe and Rod Babers. Thanks for listening. Now on to the show. This week's episode of the State of Recruiting, your weekly Orange 24 7 recruiting podcast. I'm Mike Roach, and I'm joined as always by Nick Harris, who is uh, out on the West Coast right now doing some work for us. We will certainly get into that in just a bit, but we've got a big show for you. Uh, before we start, Nick, how's it going? Going pretty good, can't complain. Uh, getting out here at Elite 11 in the opening. It's been uh, only had one day so far, but it's been pretty fun. How are the, uh, how are the Cali vibes? How's the weather? Always great. I've had some horrible luck on this trip so far, though. Uh, it started with losing my AirPod case on the plane um, and then getting locked out of the car I was using. And then the car died this morning as well. So Jeez, it's just Nick. been terrible luck. Terrible luck. But I'm hoping uh, bad things come in threes. Hopefully it's over. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll get into talking about uh, your experience out there uh, in just a little bit. But let's uh, let's kind of go chronologically. It's been a big week. I, I've just kind of returned from um, from vacation. You did a, a great job handling that while I was gone. Um, so I appreciate that. I know you had to deal with a ton of stuff. Um, let's start kind of just with with where things started this week. And, um, you know, I, I I, I talked about last time we did the podcast that I think, uh, you know, I thought if Texas could get Jamarian Miller on campus, they would legitimately have a chance to uh, to win him over. In, in a race that was, Nick, you can back me up on this, um, felt like there was no way Texas could get in on it. You know, it, it just felt like they were struggling to, to really gain any ground. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, there they are. So, I, I, I guess I was standing in line at my hotel to check in when I got a text and, and I called you and said, hey, prep a commitment story for Jermaine Miller because uh, we had a good source tell us it, it sounded like that was going to happen. Um, and it went down pretty quickly. So I think for Texas to, from where they were a week ago with the D'Anthony Gatson situation um, to where they are now, I think it's, it's you know, it obviously a little bit of luck, but really a strong, strong job of them by turning that second running back spot into something great. To me, um, you know, it doesn't get better for them in a two running back class than having Jamarian Miller and Jaden Blue. Yeah, they're the top two running backs in the country, according to the composite, I believe. Uh, but yeah, kudos to Stan Drayton, kudos to Brandon Harris and, you know, the rest of the, the staff that was in on this recruitment. Uh, they were able to get him on an official visit kind of last minute for the last weekend. 
and they were able to do enough to secure a commitment. And that's a, that's a huge thing, um, especially for a kid who had already been on some official visits and, you know, had had experience on it and had, you know, other teams that were recruiting him just as hard, you know, for Texas to be able to kind of come out of nowhere and secure that commitment that it really speaks to Stan Drayton's recruiting ability specifically. And uh, I think it speaks to the staff's recruiting ability as well. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be really interesting seeing both of those backs on campus. That room is just going to get more and more loaded. I mean, we're looking at a potential running back room next year with Bijan Robinson, Roshan Johnson. Uh, don't forget about Jonathan Brooks, uh, Jadon Blue, and Jamarian Miller. And that doesn't even you know count for other guys in that room as well. So uh, really stacked position room right now. If you look at where that room was when Stan Drayton arrived, the Kirk Johnson, you know, uh, 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 who am I thinking of the from Westfield, Danny Young, um, that group to where it's gone now. And you look at the hallmark of those Alabama teams, Sark was the, um, you know, the OC for that. Not that it is to the level of what they had with Najee Harris and those guys, but it's getting there. And and I think that you've got to be really excited with that, that talent. And again, you know, this is uh, we'll talk. We'll certainly talk about it a little later. But Texas has also had some losses this week. But I think people get wrapped up in the negative. I mean, when you talk about, I talked to a source who said if you'd have told me a week ago we were getting Jamaria Miller in this class, you know, I'd have called you crazy. So if you're talking about getting a kid who is that highly regarded, and Nick, you and I have both seen him play quite a bit, um, I think that. Uh, Getting that kid when you thought you had no chance, adding him to a backfield with Jaden Blue, you're, you're you're talking about adding you know really, really high powered playmakers on offense. And I went and actually just got back from Tyler, walked in the door and sat down to record this podcast. Drove out there to see Jamarian in his workout today. I mean, you can see the pictures on Twitter I posted, but that kid does not has not missed a day in the gym. He's incredibly physically developed. He shows the ability to run between the tackles. He's a 10-700 kid, so he can run away from people. He is a home run threat. And, oh, by the way, he can also split out and play receiver. So, um, you know, for, for everything, you know, I think people have had their ups and downs this week with a couple of races. This one, you know, certainly looks like Texas did, did a great job getting it done. Yeah, and I, I left out Keelan Robinson when I was talking about that running back room. I think that's an important one to remember as well. But, yeah, talking about Jamarian, um, yeah, I, I was able to see him earlier this spring as well in, like, an early morning workout. It was before they were getting on the field doing anything. I think it was back in about February. And, you know, he's a, he's a big-time leader in the, in the locker room. He might not be the most vocal person, but, you know, he'll push his teammates and, you know, make sure his voice is heard. And, you know, on the field, when we're talking about production-wise, there's not many running backs in the state of Texas. And I think probably Jadon Blue is the only one you could point to who has more production than Jamari Miller. I mean, he came out of the gates last year in a game against Lufkin and rushed for – uh, I believe 364 yards and uh, four touchdowns. I mean, uh, this kid can get it done. And uh, he put himself on the on the national stage last season. Um, and that's also taking into account that he has another Big 12 uh, commit in his running back room at Tyler Legacy and Bryson Donald. So uh, both of them being able to do what they've been been able to do. It, it's a it's a very very cool thing for Joe Willis and Tyler Legacy. Absolutely. And one last thing, you know, both those guys, Jaden Blue and Jamarian Miller, not only have they do they have the production, two of the highest producing backs in the country. They do it at the Texas 6A level, which arguably, I'll argue at any day, is the highest level of football played in the country. They also are both legitimate speed threats who have both verified track times under sub, you know, sub 11. They're everything you want in running backs. And to get both of them, I think, is just is just really big. Um 
let's move on to to what happened next in the week. Uh, Texas lost out on a commitment from one of their top cornerback targets, Terrence Brooks. And, you know, that was a weird race because Terrence and his dad, they're really good at keeping things close to the vest. Um, you know, I'd heard Texas guy, people at Texas talk with a little bit of confidence. They thought the visit went really well. They thought they had a good bond, but they were never told anything specifically. And, um, you know, what we thought was really an Alabama in Texas race specifically because I was told by somebody near the family that they thought Ohio State, having offered three weeks ago, got into the race way too late to, to really make a real impression. Uh, you know, it turned into a three-team race. Not only did Texas lose to Ohio State, Alabama lost a head-to-head to Ohio State on a kid they'd been working on for quite a long time. So, um, you know, there's a few schools in the country who can do that, come in late on a kid within three weeks, get them on campus and get them committed. Ohio State is certainly one of those schools. And, uh, you know, they were able to land Terrence Brooks kind of out from under everybody's noses. Yeah, that's kind of tough. Um, I think it would have been tough for if it was for a guy like Denver Harris, though. I mean, I think I'm, I'm sure Texas, the Texas staff and Texas fans were already kind of preparing for the fact that they might miss out on Terrence Brooks to Alabama. Uh, so missing out on him completely isn't a shock. It's just more so that he ended up at Ohio State. Um, but yeah, that, that is tough knowing that you possibly had an opportunity to, you know, swing in and steal him from Bama. And then the Buckeyes were able to do what they've been able to do. But, you know, that, that speaks to what they've been able to do for the last 10 years. And uh, whether that be on the field or on the recruiting trail, um, you know, they can recruit at a level like that. And, you know, the staff is just going to have to bring that production to the field so that they, they're able to do that in future future cycles. So um, definitely, definitely tough missing out on Terrence Brooks. But fortunately, there's a lot of good cornerback uh, options in the state of Texas and across the country. Uh, they have a really good one already committed in Jalen Gilbo. I think they're in a pretty good spot for Denver Harris. We'll see how that one lines up. And there's obviously others across the state and country, like I said. So it isn't the end of the world, but definitely would have liked to end up with them. Um, let's go next to, uh, the next event of the week. And I think, um, that, that actually is where recording hasn't been announced yet. It, by the time you hear this, the commitment will have been announced, but that's for Duncanville offensive lineman, Cam Williams coming out of the visit. We heard a lot of very positive things about Cam Williams. Um, I think Texas felt they did a really good job connecting with him, a really good job selling what they had to have and talking to a lot of people at Duncanville, it sounded like he came in with Oregon on his mind and Texas really kind of flipped the script and made him reconsider. So going into the week though, we had not been told anything for certain. We liked kind of where Texas stood with that one. And even Nick, you, you've heard, you heard some Intel out there on the West coast that, that sounded like Texas, the people at Texas thought they were getting him or think they're getting him, I guess, before we go on to this, as we go through the day, you know, it, it kind of happens like this in every commitment. You can kind of see which way the wind's blowing. And right now the wind's blowing towards Eugene, Oregon. Um, there are sources in Austin have, um, have are, are kind of trying to figure out where the change might have happened. But today a lot of the buzz seems to be on Oregon now. Nothing has been decided that I know of. Nothing has been finalized. Um, but and, and I don't believe Texas has been told either way. Uh, from what I understand, but uh, you know, for, for the Longhorns, for Kyle flood, this is a guy they wanted. Uh, this was a guy they valued and uh, could, again, we'll see, you'll hear about it. You know, you'll see it before you hear the show, but uh, could potentially be losing out on him to Oregon today. Yeah. Um, trying to figure out what to say here without a, you know, kind of, it, it's just an interesting situation. Um, I had heard that Texas was, you know, in a pretty good spot. That's why I had entered a crystal ball. 
Uh, obviously, a lot of momentum is coming from the Oregon side right now. So we're going to kind of see how this shapes up in the last four or so hours. You know, obviously, you guys are going to know what happened by the time, uh, you know, this show comes out. But, you know, if Texas ends up landing him, I think this is a, definitely a huge, huge land. Um, this is a big-time guy on the offensive line and, you know, one of the biggest prospects you'll find not only in the state of Texas but across the country, especially for a guy who can, uh, you know, has, is an athlete like he is. He plays basketball in the off-seasons with, with an AAU team. Um, and he's routinely dunking out there. So, you know, he's a big time athlete, uh, but if they end up missing out on him again, there's still a lot of in-state options for uh, offensive linemen, you know, and I, I still think that they probably land one or two here in the next week or so. So um, we'll, we'll just see how it pans out. Yeah. And here's the thing. Like, I know that we tend to take the brunt of everything. If Texas doesn't get a kid, what we want to do and what we try to do, and we did this with Terrence Brooks a little bit, was we try to paint the picture them as accurately as we can. I, All I am is passing along information that I am hearing from other people, and I can use that information to guess, or I can use that information to just inform the story. And so, you know, in cases where one of us or, or you both don't have a crystal ball in, it's likely because we haven't heard anything, you know, strong enough to put one in. That's why we never put one in on Terrence Brooks, even though, you know, it had gone, you know, there was some confidence there. Um and so, you know, these things, they change. They, they have it quickly. You're, you're, you're relying on um, people reading the mind of a 17-year-old. Of a in some cases, we're told, hey, this is happening. You know, in the case of Jamarian Miller, I was told, like, he is committing by somebody close, you know, to the situation. So we're able to put a pick in on that. But if we're in the position where nobody's really been told anything and we're kind of just guessing – um, you know, we do try to be a little more cautious there. And I know that, that people get upset with that, but that's kind of just the way it goes. So that's, uh, that's probably my best explanation of it. There are going to be a couple more opportunities for Texas this week. Um, I think uh, two of them are going to be among the offensive line. They're going to happen tomorrow as we're recording today, as you hear this. Um, and uh, Cole Hudson from Frisco is going to be uh, announcing his commitment and Connor Robertson from Austin Westlake, both are announcing their commitments. I think uh, I've had a pick in for, for Robertson for a while. Um, I think that, you know, for, for him, Texas has just kind of always made sense, right? They've always, his dad was a, was a graduate of the program. Um, and he lives in, he, he goes to Westlake. He, he's right there in the shadow of Texas. Everything kind of makes sense for him. And they've done, I think probably the best job recruiting him didn't take him for granted, despite the fact he was a Wesley kid. Um, outside of that, you know, Cole Hudson, what we can really say about Cole Hudson is that um, I think Texas has put themselves in a really good position. I know that the family is talking things over. They're really coming up with a decision. I think if I had to look at another school that would threaten them in these late hours, Oklahoma's probably that school. Um, I think that they're the ones that generate the most. So we'll see kind of what happens there, but I think it's, it's, it's likely, or, or, it, you know, it's very favorable odds that Texas comes away with, with two commitments in that way, you know? So um, I don't have a pick in for Hudson yet. Not sure I'm going to put one in, even if I find out an answer here in the late hours, just because, you know, that at that point, it kind of gives things away. And so um, that's where I am with that. But I think, you know, Texas could come back and, and really ease that pain by if they were able to land both those guys. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, there's definitely help on the way for the offensive line and they're, they should be able to get it, um, you know, with at least one commitment tomorrow. I think Robertson is, you know, a heavy favorite at this point to end up landing at Texas. 
And with Hudson, I mean, Oklahoma is really the only uh, competition that, you know, we sweat right now. Um, the, the, for the spring game back in, in April, he decided to make a trip up to Norman, you know, instead of Austin. But he's been back to Austin a couple of times since. He was down for an unofficial visit during the uh, Austin's uh, baseball regional. Uh, so the, him and his dad could watch Arizona State. And then he came back for uh, an official at another point. So, um, you, you know, I think Texas is in a really good spot for Hudson. Um I really think they can come away with two commitments, uh, you know, after tomorrow. Yeah. So we'll see kind of what happens there and, and see how it happens. The other thing that um, that happened over the week that we, we failed to mention was, um, uh, oh, I'm blanking. Devon Campbell making his way in for an unofficial visit uh, gave me some quotes while I was on vacation. I finally got those up today over at Horns 24-7. So yesterday, as you're hearing this, um, and I think that just real quickly, that visit went really well. It was it was huge for Texas to get him on campus for an unofficial this summer, especially coming off the Oklahoma official. And now Texas is kind of that last thing on his mind as we go into this dead period. Wouldn't be a total shock to see him return in July if he can. And then um, at that point, uh, you know, he'll take his official visit to Texas in the fall. So I still really like where things are trending there. Let's, let's see what else is left. There are a couple other commitments from guys who have recently visited Texas coming up uh, this weekend. Um, I would say like KJ miles from New Jersey. Um, what it looks like there right now is I think Texas is going to be a little choosy um, with where they ha- how they handle their defensive line uh, going forward. I think they've got some guys that they like. They've got some other guys on the board they're looking at. And so right now, I, I don't know if, if they're really pushing super hard for K.J. Miles at this point. Um, the next guy, Jacob Sexton, um, I think that for him, the question was always, would Oklahoma really turn it on for him? And if they did, they would kind of probably be the team to beat. It seems like Oklahoma has turned it on in the last – couple weeks since he made his visit to texas the crystal ball says the sooners look like they're going to win out there so i would tend to lean that way and i think you know texas is kind of looking some other ways on the offensive line as well and then jordan hudson i've been pretty vocal about that one from the beginning that i thought smu would be the pick on july 4th i still think it's probable visits happen in the fall from him uh to the other schools in his top three alabama and texas but right now if i'm putting money down on where he's committing this weekend i've, I've got smu on the odds yeah, I'll go ahead and start with Jordan Hudson as well. Um, you know, heard some things yesterday even more that, uh, you know, I think Hudson probably ends up at SMU. Um, you know, the, the Dallas connection there has been really strong um, with Rashad Samples. Uh, they've been able to do great work there in, in recruiting Hudson. Uh, K.J. Miles, like you said, you know, possibly not a take at this point. Wisconsin would probably probably be the team to watch right there. I believe Georgia Tech is the other team in his top three. Um, Jacob Sexton, like you said, uh, you know, his dad went to Texas. They, they grew up, a, you know, a fan of Texas. But at the end of the day, that, uh, you know, familiarity with the University of Oklahoma being about 30 minutes away in Edmond, um, that's definitely going to, you know, take, you know, a big account here. And the Sooners have pushed really hard here in the last month since his official visit. And it looks like they really want him. And, you know, I have a crystal ball in for Oklahoma right now. I think they end up landing him. Yep. So that's kind of the way things look as of right now, Thursday at 3 p.m. That's how things, and of course, like we said, things change pretty quickly. This has been a, a wild week, kind of what we anticipated when these guys were going to get these uh, visits out of the way that they would probably um, 
be making decisions pretty quick and it's not going to end here. That's just kind of for this week. I mean, there's probably going to be a whole rush of activity, you know, through Jan, uh, through July. So uh, stick with us there, Nick, before we get out of here, because I know you've got um, a lot to do out there in California. It sounds like adding a, a car repair to the list might be one of them. Um, what uh, tell us about your time out at elite 11. I know you've only been there for one day so far, but um, it sounded like Malik Murphy had a really strong day to start. Um, tell me about, you know, how everything went. Yeah, that was kind of the buzz around the, the camp yesterday is that Malik Murphy had a really strong outing in, in day one. Uh, so yesterday yeah, it was the first day getting in, you know, most of the guys kind of got in late. In fact, uh, Baylor commit Zach Pyron had landed uh, at LAX about an hour before the camp had started. And uh, I was pulling up right as him and his, uh, his uh, host was, was pulling up as well. And they were running into the stadium. So it was kind of a hectic day for everyone getting in. But, you know, once they all got in and settled, they broke out into uh, five groups and they went through uh, uh, some sessions with different quarterback trainers with uh, Trent Dilfer. Uh, some of the uh, uh, college guys that are, are out here this week, uh, Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma, Sam Howell from UNC, Dorian Thompson Robinson from UCLA. And then uh, I believe it's Malik Willis from Liberty. Uh, those are the college guys out here this week. And, uh, you know, so far it's been great. Uh, it was kind of cold yesterday. We got down to about 60 uh, late in the night. Um, but talking about Malik Murphy, uh, he, he looked good in all four sessions. He probably only missed about two or three throws. And that's a, out of a total of about 40. I mean, he looked really sharp yesterday. Um, and then at the end of the camp, they did the rail shot challenge, which is basically – throwing a go route from about the 35 yard line to the end zone and, you know, trying to put it on the money right over the shoulder. And if you kind of miss and, and left, right, you know, behind or over, then, you know, you get outed. And uh, Malik made it to fourth uh, in that group. Um, he finished behind uh, Connor Wigman, the Texas A&M commit that won it. Uh, Walker Howard uh, came in second. And right now I am blanking on who came in third, but you can go on my Twitter at Nick Harris 247. I, I had that tweet up of uh, uh, the final four right there. So, yeah, it was a pretty good day, but the thing we've always kind of questioned with, with Malik is, you know, how consistent can he stay? Uh, will that accuracy kind of fade throughout the week? And, you know, that, that's waiting to be seen. Uh, that being said, he's, uh, he's really strong in these environments, in these camp environments. Um, he, he's, he goes through the motions before he goes up to, you know, perform a rep. Um, he, he really soaks in the knowledge that he's learning throughout the week. And I, I talked to him afterward. I was like, obviously you want to win MVP and obviously you'd love to be, you know, one of the best quarterbacks here this week, but you know, what is your real takeaway from, from this experience? And he said, he just wants to learn and succeed. That's about it. Just learn and succeed, whether it be learning from other QBs uh, that are there with him, which yesterday he got to talk quite a bit with Quinn Ewers. They were in the same group yesterday, caught them sharing a few laughs here and there. Um, I'm sure they were able to relate over some stuff and, you know, have some funny conversations. And then, you know, as far as succeeding so far, he's been able to do that. So uh, we'll see how it goes. We got uh, two more Elite 11 sessions tonight, Thursday night. There'll be uh, one more at Miracosta. And then in the morning, Friday morning, will be the last Elite 11 session. I believe tonight will be the pro day uh, experience. And then uh, tomorrow morning will be the final workout before we get into the opening uh, tomorrow night and Saturday morning when a lot of the, the best uh, skill players in the country will join these quarterbacks and, you know, they'll go through some stuff, some one-on-ones and then have a seven-on-seven tournament on Saturday. So, should be pretty fun here to wrap up the week and, you know, stay tuned to Horns 24 seven. We'll have a lot of coverage from Malik and then the rest of the Texas targets that come in later this week. Uh, I believe Evan Stewart is going to be in town. Uh, Makai Lemon, who just included uh, Texas in his top seven earlier today, 23 wide receiver from Los Alamitos. Uh, and there's a, a boatload of other guys that, that will be here in attendance too. So be sure to stay tuned to Horns 24 seven. We'll have you locked and loaded. 
I am interested to see if Evan Stewart makes it in because he is also listed on the rosters for Pylon Nationals this weekend in Dallas, which I will be at. So uh, one of us will probably see Evan Stewart this weekend at some point. We'll see who it is. All right, Nick, uh, anything else you'd like to add before we get out of here? I know it's a quick show. Um, You know, Nick's on the road. I've been running around doing vacation stuff. So uh, we wanted, obviously, there was a ton going on. We wanted to get to you guys, but um, we hope to get back to our full-length shows pretty quick. But, Nick, anything else? No, I mean, it's uh, it's kind of commitment season right now. I know things are getting kind of crazy and, you know, things change by the hour. Uh, we appreciate everybody's patience and, you know, everything changing right now. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to finishing out this week. And then I'm, I'm going to take a couple days next week myself. I'm looking forward to that, too. You, you certainly deserve it. And I know I set you down in College Station and basically demanded that you take a couple days off. And so uh, I'm glad, glad to hear you're going to. Um, so... Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, Thanks, everybody, for reading along and and following along. Uh, We appreciate you guys playing along with the show and interacting. For Nick Harris, I'm Mike Roach. We'll see you guys next week. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.